turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. It's time for Rescuers, the show about people who change and save lives. Now, here's your host, Art Brooks. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our worldwide audience for another episode of the Rescuers radio show. Heard every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. on Faith Talk 1360 and faithtalk1360.com. Please go to our website, rescuersradioshow.org. You can listen to all shows for over 130 shows now. And then once it airs on 1360.com, it becomes a podcast and uh, all the shows are available uh, on on whatever your go-to site is for a podcast. Uh, This is a listener-guided show. And when you're on our website, you'll see a red button and it says donate. If you are so moved to do that, we would certainly appreciate it. But uh, I'm I'm really thrilled about this guest that I have, and um, and what it's about. And I I happen to be a, a veteran. I don't think she I don't know if she knows that or not. But we're going to be talking to Jane Babcock, a retired county veterans service officer and retired sergeant first class U.S. Army and Army Reserve now serving as a volunteer veterans benefits educator. And we're going to learn all about how you can get in touch with her and all of the materials uh, involving uh, veterans. And uh, uh, Jane Babcott, nice to have you on the show. Thank you, Art. So you're in Wisconsin. My guess is your weather's a little different than our weather here in Phoenix today. I'm sorry, Art. I I lost that last little bit of your question. Oh, I said uh, you're in Wisconsin. And I'm wondering if your weather is a little bit different than ours in Arizona today. My guess it is. Just a little. The My husband picked up all the leaves yesterday, and our yard is yellow again today with <laughs> more leaves. So, <laughs> yes. But see, you have, you have all the colors of leaves, right? Yes. We have to climb we, up to uh, our mountains here in Arizona near Flagstaff, uh, 7,000 or 8,000 feet uh to uh, to see the colors oh we have about 10 large trees that uh 50 60 feet tall so <laughs> well that's the small small talk you know we're we're getting into some other serious more serious stuff but before we begin with uh with the 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 subject matter of of, of veterans benefits um Thank you uh, for being here once again. And before we we get into the information, uh, tell our audience first your backstory. How did you get to this point in your life? 
Well, I am part of what my father referred to as the harem. He had five daughters, a female dog, and of course his wife. And poor guy couldn't keep a boy in the house. (laughs) (laughs) He really thought the tradition was gone as far as military lineage. Uh, But I decided to step up at the age 23, join the (laughs) army. You've changed all of that. And... By the time I was done with my first contract, I had outranked him. So that felt pretty good. (laughs) But I missed the people that were in the military. So I joined the reserves. And I kept going home. And they kept calling me up saying, hey, would you come over here for a couple weeks? Would you come over here for a year or three years? Or So I ended up with about eight and a half years of active duty time. The rest of my time was in the reserves, but I did a lot of short tours. So I ended up with over 12 years of actual duty points. So, Wow. Uh, you had a comment that I read in some of the materials that you shared with us that um, you're, and this is a quote, uh, you're a third generation Army and damn proud of it. Yes. <laughs> As you should be. Thank you. Well, <laughs> my grandfather did 30 years. He served World War One, World War Two, and reserves and ended up with 30 years as a colonel. And I had hoped for 30 years. Uh, unfortunately, at 21 years, I was in a dumb training accident as we were preparing to go over to Afghanistan. Did you say and a train or training Training, training accident. accident. Okay. Is, uh, we were doing some urban war training and things like that. And sure. yeah, so they ended up replacing part of my neck with screws and bolts and tore up my shoulder oh and my broke gosh. my elbow and stuff. But uh, they mistakenly said, oh, don't worry about it. Go out and get fixed by the civilian doctors. And when you're all healed, you can join up with us, back up with us. Um, that's not how the regulations work. And they didn't even tell me that I could have gone to the VA for health care and all this surgery and everything else. So four years later, when I found out about county veteran service officers and got the job as one, I realized how little most veterans know. Hmm. So I, I hadn't thought about this coming into the to the show here with you, but a county um, officer with that with that. Uh, nomenclature does every state have one of those not right now we are uh, the national association of course is pushing all the states but right now if you are a veteran and you need assistance call your county government 32 states require by law to have veterans service offices in your county so cvsos are paid by your tax dollars and therefore they cannot charge you for their services. Right. The others, some have state and or regional ones. So you can call your state department of veterans affairs or military affairs, find out. And if nothing else, get a hold of the major veteran organizations like the DAV or the paralyzed veterans of America and things like that. The Mm. most important thing is whoever you work with, make sure they are accredited and that they are not going to charge you for any services and accredited by the the national VA system well the VA system and the organizations themselves oh, okay. as a CVSO I was actually accredited by the DAV the VFW 
American Legion, different organizations. I had to send my training records into them. I had to send in the fact that I had gotten a security clearance. I wasn't wanted for robbery in California. <laughs> and <laughs> so all that training and everything, and you have to attend annual training. So you're learning all the new stuff, like all the new cancers that came out with the PAC Act for our guys that served over in Afghanistan and Iraq and things. What's and that again? What's that called? The PACT Act. Okay. It was a big thing they made about it in the news, how the president uh-huh. had signed it and everything. But they don't explain that there's nine cancers in there for our young men and women that served over there. And they don't explain that there's new areas defined for our Agent Orange exposed veterans and new conditions under Agent Orange exposure. And that's vital to the veteran and to their widows. Yeah, I have a very dear friend of mine uh, who was in Nam and uh, and was bathed in uh, Agent Orange, come down on top of him, and mm-hmm. and he's blind. He's he's I shouldn't say that he's not a hundred percent blind. He is n- pretty close to ninety nine point nine percent instead of a hundred percent. And yes. and that's that's all from that. And he is drawing a uh, disability, but I think it took some years for that to even be available, right? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Uh, it's a matter of them getting all the um, statistical research. Sure. It's like ALS. Yeah. I never met a veteran beforehand that knew that ALS is a presumptive for us. For every three people that get it, generally speaking, two of them are veterans. Really? Yeah. So the VA doesn't argue. If you walk in and say, I've just been diagnosed, they say, show me the record. Okay. Bless your child. We're going to start compensating you and providing you free health care, which eventually may lead to the VA actually paying for a nursing home mm. for you and local. Yeah. Every, every place in the United States, they have a contract. So generally speaking, they can get you into a nursing home that's within less than an hour's drive time to your house. Yeah. So do you, do you, um, uh, what's, what's the word? Do you, uh, speak with others doing the same thing as you around the country, right? So everybody's on top of the same materials. Well, I'm not as active in the forum as, as I would like to be. I would like to be back into the national forum. Unfortunately, because I'm no longer accredited, I am retired. As soon as you retire, they cut you off. There's minimum requirements, like you must be an advocate for a 1,000 hours a year, and you must have the clearance from the VA to have access, read access to the computer system, mm-hmm. which allows a CVSO and or VSO rep to monitor a claim or to look in and say, oh, they have this veteran's records from his previous claim, and There's the sick call slip where he was Blue Water Navy. That ship was inside the Blue Water Zone. Therefore, he is granted under the Agent Orange presumptive rules. So those kind of things are vital. And that's part of why accreditation is so important. Absolutely, Finding that one slip of paper inside a record that's over 50 years old. Yeah. Uh, just on a side note, uh, I'm reading more and more 
of uh, veterans not being aware of um, afterlife policies dealing oh, with yeah. uh, with burials and and all of that I just recently uh, put into the VA my own booklet and they have this really nice little booklet that they send out to address all of that and you can do it you can get most of it taken care of long before you've passed on passed on yes the VA has some great published materials and they have some great materials that they stop publishing because you have to ask for these things. If you don't ask for them, they think they're not being useful, and so they stop printing them. <laughs> In 2012, the outreach and education portion to veterans was actually part of the Code of Federal Regulation. I don't know how the VA managed to do it, but they pulled that out of the federal regulation and made a, quote, manual that didn't, because it's not a code of regulation, is not mandatory. Mm. So the VA has been able to sidestep some of the outreach efforts that they should have been making. And that in itself is harmful. But then because of it, they didn't keep promises. Mm. In 2012, when they made all these beautiful color brochures and everything, and all the CVSOs and VSOs out here were excited about these new materials that would educate ourselves and others, Mm. The VA said, oh, we'll put them in our facilities. Guess what? They never did. Mm. They left them in the warehouse, and now they no longer print them. Well, so generally speaking, uh, it's my understanding, veterans have pretty easy free access if they know where to go, whether it's websites or, or, or that, uh, or to your local VA sources. Uh, probably most of all benefits... Uh, but there's many ways uh, I, I can see your value uh, to veterans that are going to, going to be listening to this program um, that that your value you're bringing to them is how to contact and how to find out what's what and things that they are, are probably not familiar with correctly. Yes, it's the, the problem I see as a 12-year, nearly 12-year VSO, is the fact that the VA does not reach out as far as television, radio. They do internet, but you have to know where to look inside that website to find the information that tells you this information. If a veteran doesn't know he's eligible for benefits, why would his widow think they might be? And yet there are several million widows out there that are eligible but simply don't know. And they're living below poverty. They're living on one Social Security check that's never kept up with the cost of living. And that's why I get so annoyed. I love my VA. They've literally saved my life. And the care I get, the people that I'm treated by, it's no different than when I was going to civilian. Mm-hmm. In fact, if anything, they're a little more caring. Yeah. A lot of them stop and say, thank you for your service. Yeah. And, oh, where were you stationed? Oh, did you know this about your state, where you were stationed? But if you don't have those conversations with someone, why would you think, well, my husband died 12 years ago, but the condition became presumptive eight years ago, and you don't know 
that you are now entitled to widow's compensation. Hmm. Um, I know that uh, um, what I found out when I received that booklet uh, for me and my wife to to take a look at, we live where we live is about a mile and a half from a national cemetery here in Arizona. And uh, we could walk into their office today and make all the details Yes. Of, of every There's, of everything, and then it's done. It's already done for you. Yes, be it ever so terrible, you can reserve your slot. Yeah, in a veteran cemetery, husband and wife. If, yep, yeah. husband and wife. Yeah. If you are going to be in a civilian cemetery, don't have a headstone. You can look at there's several different kinds of headstones. Of course, there's a traditional standing white marble, but there's flat stones and everything else. And I've had families that couldn't afford it. They wanted the bronze marker, but they couldn't afford a headstone to attach it to. So we worked with the local cemetery and the cement company, and they laid a cement slab and then put the bronze marker on there. Hmm. I've also worked with a cemetery that I found out was charging veterans for that bronze marker and had to threaten to go to the newspaper to get them to stop charging the widow's eight hundred dollars for a, minute, a bronze ra- marker. Wait a minute, not radio. <laughs> no, just, just kidding. Well, <laughs> I did put them out on radio. That's how they found out that I had found out. <laughs> I know your point. <laughs> yes, yes, I wanted the entire community. We need a little humor along the way, you know. Yes, definitely. <laughs> so, but they were actually charging widows eight hundred dollars for a wow. marker that the VA provides for free. Oh my gosh. I'm, I'm going to remind our listeners right now, if you're late coming into the uh, Rescuers Radio Show, uh, my guest is Jane uh, Babcock, a retired county veterans service officer and retired sergeant first class U.S. Army and Army Reserve, now serving as a volunteer veterans benefits educator and very knowledgeable about any issue facing uh, health and care and things that are known or and even unknown to, to many veterans. So it, it's such a large issue, isn't it? Because the number of veterans, I mean, on the top end, World War II and probably Korean is starting to get smaller and smaller. But, but then you've got the Vietnam vets, Vietnam-era vets, which I'm one of those, and uh, proudly speaking, and um, sometimes they don't don't know where to go to find all that needed information. Correct, but they need to they need somebody like you. Yes, and it's not just those who served during wartime. Although, granted, there is a thing called a wartime veterans and surviving spouses pension program, meant to keep our heroes and their widows who took care of them above poverty. And yet, in almost 12 years, not a single veteran or widow had ever heard of the program. And I lived, I worked in counties where 95% of the veteran population was over the age of 60. Yeah. And they'd never heard of it. And that's when it's most likely to be useful. Granted, a veteran under 65 who say, is in a civilian car accident and never going back to work, can apply for this program if they served during wartime, not in combat, but during the period of war. Yeah. So 
it's horrendous. There's only 600,000 widows receiving either compensation or pension. And yet there should be approximately three to four million of them hmm. that are eligible out there. Wow. And there's lots of veterans living below poverty. We keep arguing that we want to provide for our homeless and everything else. But yet we're not telling them there's a tool that can keep you above poverty. Hmm. And here's how we can do it. So we're going to take your income and subtract off all your your out-of-pocket medical and then go, oh, now we can provide you free medical care inside the VA. And we can supplement your income to get you back up above poverty. Yeah. So I, I see that you, you've been at this for about 12 years, I think. 12, almost 12 years as a CVSO, but also the last two years I started writing articles on LinkedIn. The next thing I know, people were inviting me to be on their show. <laughs> Thank you very much, Art. <laughs> um, so uh, you serve veterans in your state, obviously, but you've also been helping others nationwide. Tell us a little bit about how you've been navigating that. Well, um, I've actually worked with soldiers while they're still in overseas that are injured and they're preparing to come out of the military and they want to know how to set things all up. Mm. I've also worked with a daughter in Connecticut whose mother was in the Philippines. Her veteran had been World War II and she was living way below poverty. And between the two of us, we were able to get her connected with a friend of mine out in Washington, D.C., a contact who then picked up the ball and ran with it and helped her get the benefits she was entitled to. And we started out applying for both pension and dependent comp. And it took longer to get the compensation, which is pretty typical. Pension being an emergency-based program based on the idea that you're living below poverty they're able to process that faster when you're showing them the evidence, you know, past due bills and everything else. Mm -hmm. So that one got processed quicker. And then eventually they were able to get all the information medical wise to show that he had died because of his service injuries. So therefore they owed her a greater benefit, the dependent compensation. And so they just paid her the back difference between the two. Plus they continued on forward with the greater benefit. Wow. So, yeah. Yep. So nowadays they, technology is a good thing. It, it allows us to do all this scanning and talking and video calls and everything else that are necessary. Absolutely. And and saves you a lot of travel. <laughs> so, um I'm still kind of interested if 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 counties uh your service was with a county and now now you've sprung out to bring the education needed to anyone out there statewide, nationwide, even overseas, as you pointed out, uh, that that's pretty remarkable. Yes, <laughs> I think so. Um, being 63, I'm just before, just after the Vietnam era mm -hmm. and then served until 2004. So you can guess how old I am. I'm I was I was Vietnam era and got out of yes. the service in seventy one. <laughs> Thank goodness. That's that was your script. That's where he had you planned. You had to go somewhere else so you could come here and do this. I know. Absolutely. But you have to be aware of all the things because they change constantly. You know, I tell people get your good accredited VSO rep. 
whether it's county, state, or national organization, and stay in touch with them. Visit with them, call them, talk to them at least every five years. After all, you don't apply for anything like an investment counselor or any of those other services and then never follow up with them. Mm, yeah. Things if, change. You need you, to go back. If you could, if you could guess, how many veterans would you say that uh, you're, you've brought services in helping them? Any idea? Wow. Big number? Um, yeah, I think so in that I get a lot of, I get several connections every single day on LinkedIn. I provide them all the links and attachments to the VA 101 library. And then they go through that material and they come back to me and either, either well, I'm a veteran or my uncle <laughs> or the widow of my uncle. Yeah. And what do I do? And then I help them find their local accredited VSO. And I tell them, this is the evidence you're going to need to bring. You know, these are the things that you have with you ahead of time so that you can make it go smoother for that VSO. And the faster, the better developed it is, the faster it goes. But the most important thing is file that claim, get it started because it does have back bay to the date of claim. Jane, we're we're almost out of time, and I'm glad you said that because I was gonna, my final question was going to be, how can they contact you uh, for more assistance? Find me on LinkedIn. I'm pretty sure I'm the only Jane Babcock Veterans Benefits Educator <laughs> out there. <laughs> okay. Uh, and I will send you the tools. But the most important thing, if you're a veteran or widow that's hurting right now, you need to contact your county, state, or national organization Amen. to get connected. Amen for that. Jane Babcock, you are a rescuer. God's blessings on you, and thank you for being on our guest and the Rescu- Rescuers Radio Show. Thank you, Art, for giving me the opportunity. God thank bless everybody. God bless. Rescuers, Thursdays at 5.30 Arizona time on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ AM.